Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that helps you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. You've got this. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Hey guys, welcome to episode 184 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me. All right, I have a fun one for you today. We're going to talk about the experience of making food choices. Now, this is something that is totally in your control. And if you can learn to manage this and use it in a way that empowers you in your food choices, it makes weight loss so much easier. So I'm going to talk to you about how do you take back the experience of making food choices? Because chances are, if you've been working on weight loss for a while, how a food choice feels does not feel like it's in your control. And so we're going to talk about that today. If you learn to leverage this aspect of your eating, if you learn to create the experience that supports you in your weight loss, then man, the world's your oyster. If you can empower yourself that choosing to eat the food that's on your plan doesn't have to feel difficult and choosing to not eat the food that's not on your plan also doesn't have to feel difficult, it makes it so much easier to stick to your healthy eating that's going to get you to your weight loss. And this is something that is not taught in diets. And I'm going to teach it to you today. So make sure you stay tuned, listen to this episode. Honestly, this tool could totally change how it feels for you to lose weight. It's that powerful. And it's something I spend a lot of time thinking about because I think the more we hone in on this, the more we learn how to do this in a really empowered way, the better our weight loss feels. And guess what? When we're feeling empowered in our food choices that help us lose weight, well, that's when life gets better. It takes away this element of struggle, this element of strife that we often associate with weight loss. It makes our days lighter. And then we move forth in our days with more enjoyment. And then our days get better. And I am all about right now, not just losing weight. I've been doing that for a few years for you guys. Weight loss is great. And eating healthy is great. And feeling in control around food is fantastic and really, really important. But what I think that we need to talk more about and what I do when I'm coaching physicians on losing weight, finding peace with food, reaching their weight loss goals, what I'm really coaching them on is thriving in their life. Because here's the thing, the food is there because we're not thriving in our life. That like urge to overeat at night after a long clinical day when the kids are finally in bed, it's nothing to do with the food. The urge to eat there is because that day wasn't about thriving. And here's the fantastic thing is with a coaching approach, when we look at our mindset and make little shifts similar to what I'm teaching you today, make little shifts. We can have the same day, but we can feel so much better and we can feel so much more in control. We can feel more empowered in that day. And that's when we start to thrive, when the rest of our life just feels like it's getting better and better. It's amping up. And so along these lines, I'm creating a new program. 
I closed the doors for the last time to Stress Eating SOS, which has been an amazing program. It's changed so many physicians' lives. I'm very, very proud of it. But when I reopen it, it's going to be a slightly different program with a different name, with a focus still on losing weight in a way that creates ease, creates enjoyment, that makes your life better, finding peace around food so you don't always have to be obsessing about it. All that stuff is still going to be in there. That's still my jam. That's still what I love talking about. But the focus is also going to be, we're going to do all that and we're going to help you thrive. We're going to help your life get so much better because we as physicians deserve to thrive. We deserve to enjoy the life we worked really hard to create. We sacrificed a lot of years of our life in order to get here. And the sad thing is we often continue to sacrifice throughout our years of work. I don't think it has to be one or the other. I don't think we have to either retire or leave medicine to be happy and thrive in our lives or just assume that we will always be sacrificing and we have to wait until that happens. I think we can learn tools to create both at the same time. And when we focus on thriving and that holistic approach to our life, then the eating piece gets way, way easier to manage. It's such an important piece of feeling in control around food. And it's what I've been doing for the last years while I've been coaching people. I just haven't been talking about it in this way or thinking about it in this way. And the more I've been thinking in recent weeks, I think this is so, so important. We need to thrive. We deserve to thrive. And I hope that you'll get jazzed up and excited about this like I am, about how amazing would it be to be living your life and actually be like, I'm thriving in this life now. And my eating is thriving and my body feels good and physically well and energetic, which helps me feel like I'm thriving. All of the pieces coming together. And if that sounds fantastic to you, if that sounds like what you're missing, then get your name on the list so that you're the first to know when the doors open up. I'm thinking for this new program, we're going to be opening the doors to a limited number as a founding member deal. So the first group, which will be a limited size, will get a discount for being the first group in. And if you want to be in there, get your name on the list. So that's weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash thrive is where you go to get your name on that list. Okay. It's going to be amazing. We're going to do so much amazing things and have so much fun while also losing weight, while also feeling more in control around food. And that's why I'm really, really excited about this. Okay. Let's talk about food decisions. I want you to take a moment and think, what do your food decisions feel like? When you're making the decision, do I eat A or do I eat B or C or D? How do you feel? What is your experience making that decision? Think through some of the recent food decisions that you've made and ask yourself, what was your experience of making those food decisions? Because here's the thing, our experience of eating a certain food or not eating a food actually starts way before food ever touches our lips. There's a whole lot of parts of it that go into your actual experience of deciding whether or not you're going to eat that food that then influences how it feels when you do or don't eat that food. And I think this is a really fascinating place to intervene in weight loss because there's a lot that we can do with just little shifts of our mind that really change the experience of weight loss. Because really what weight loss takes, guys, is it takes making food decisions that line up with your goals consistently enough to give your body space to lose the weight that you want it to lose. So we need to make food decisions 
that work for your body. And again, exactly what those food decisions are will vary from person to person. If we're using me as an example, these are going to be lower carb food decisions. So decision to eat something lower carb versus eat something higher carb. And in order for me to lose weight, I have to do that very consistently. If I'm doing like one carb decision for every two low carb decision, I do not lose weight. Maybe I gain weight in that situation. For me, it needs to be a ratio of maybe 10 low carb decisions to one carb decision. I'm randomly choosing these ratio guys, but to give you an example. So if every single one of those low carb decisions that I make takes a ton of my mental energy and is like this back and forth struggle tug of war inside my brain, how likely am I going to be to make 10 in a row before I choose to eat something with carbs in it? Again, the 10 and one is nothing based in science or even real life. It's <laughs> I'm using it as an example. But if every single one of those 10 decisions is really challenging, how likely am I to get through 10? Probably not very. And my guess would be the same as with you because in the space of those 10 food decisions, other stuff is going to come up that's going to take away your focus and may add to the difficulties of continuing to make those decisions. What has been really, really powerful for me and my own weight loss and what I teach all the physicians inside my coaching programs is let's find ways where those decisions feel as easy as eating the less healthy stuff. So for the most of the time in my weight loss and in my day-to-day life, choosing a low-carb food feels as easy, sometimes easier, sometimes more attractive than choosing the high-carb food. And that's a big change. I talked about it a little bit in the last episode. That's a big change from when I first started eating lower carb. When I first started eating low carb, choosing the low carb option felt like a lot more work. Choosing a high carb option always felt more attractive. I always wanted to do that. So look at the experience of making these food choices. Back when I was first eating low carb, my experience of making the food choices that would help me with my weight loss was an experience of of struggle, of effort, of willpower, of kind of a a hope, (laughs) like, I hope this is going to work. And it wasn't very consistent. So tell me if you've ever had this pattern in your weight loss where, you know, you're consistent and you're able to stick to that diet for weeks. And then all of a sudden you're like, why am I off of it again? The experience of making each individual food choice is contributing to that. This skill that I'm going to teach you today will help with that. We've been taught that it should be difficult to make our food decisions that help us stick to our so-called diet. And I'm doing air quotes for that. We've been taught that if you're doing it right, you should be working hard on it. These are all things that I like to undo. I don't believe any of that. I don't think it's true. I don't think it's sustainable. I think it's one of the biggest things that leads us to our yo-yo dieting is because we think it should be hard if we're doing it right. We don't have the space in our brains as doctors to always be doing hard food decisions. It doesn't work. It doesn't last. So we need to find ways to let the food decisions be simple. The experience of choosing the healthy option over the less healthy option to be simple, to not take extra energy, extra thought, extra willpower or decision-making capacity. We want to let it be as simple as possible. Okay, so you're saying, fantastic, Siobhan, that sounds really great, but how would I do that? (laughs) Well, what influences our 
how our food decisions feel is how we think about it. Now, it's a whole collection of thoughts. And sometimes this is a bit like a ball of yarn of you need to kind of pick away at some of these thoughts and kind of you get one piece loosening up and then another piece and you start to see some movement. But first, let's start with the thoughts about the actual food. So you can have thoughts about your healthy food that makes it easy to eat it and something that you look forward to. Or you can have thoughts about your healthy food makes it feel like you got the consolation prize when you eat it. Which one is going to help you stick to your healthy eating better? Now, here's the thing. All of these thoughts about the food are optional. You don't have to think salads are boring. I've talked about this lots on the podcast of I used to like think I got a gold star if I ordered a salad in a restaurant because I thought they were so much inferior to a burger and fries. And what I've done over the years is really swap that where I look forward to the salad or the low carb option far more than I would a burger and fries. I've changed how I think about those foods. The foods did not change. A burger and fries still taste the same. A salad still tastes the same. I can be at the same restaurant. What's changed is how I'm thinking about it. So even foods that you have really fixed thoughts about, that you have thought about, these are the most fantastic food in the world, and you've thought this for a lot of years, those thoughts create desire for that food. If you have a collection of thoughts like, this is so amazing, I can't wait to eat that, I don't get to eat that enough, when that food appears in your environment, you're going to be very likely to eat it and probably overeat it if you have that collection of thoughts with it. But they don't have to stay that way. Even special foods, even foods that you've eaten your whole life, you get to decide if you want to keep the current collection of thoughts about them. And your experience of eating that food, of saying yes to that food, or saying no to that food is completely influenced by how you're thinking about it. So, for example, I use the example of wagon wheels, which I think most countries have wagon wheels, but maybe they're called different things in different countries. But they're like a chocolate covered marshmallow cookie thing. And when I was a kid, we didn't, my parents didn't buy wagon wheels. So they were something, if we got them, we got them at Halloween. And it wasn't very often that people gave them out, but man, I'd be so excited. I thought they were the best thing ever. And so if I had a chance to eat a wagon wheel, I thought it was just so fantastic. And I was so excited as a kid to eat it. And then what happened is once I was a young adult and in control of my own buying, I wanted to sometimes buy wagon wheels. So if they're on sale when we were at university, we'd sometimes buy a box of wagon wheels. And here's a really interesting thing is my experience of eating those wagon wheels was never as good as the ones when I was a kid. And who knows, right? Like maybe the wagon wheels have changed or maybe I had different thoughts about it as a kid than I did in university. But when I was in university and I'd be eating those wagon wheels and the experience of the wagon wheel didn't match up to my expectation of what the wagon wheel should have tasted like, which one went out? Think about this. Think about for yourself. When you anticipate eating something, you have a collection of thoughts about how good it's going to be to eat it. And then you eat it and it doesn't quite measure up. Which of those thoughts win out? For most of us, it's the anticipatory thought. So in my wagon wheel example, I would keep eating them. I would have more because the idea was these should taste really good, even if my experience wasn't that they should taste good. I have the same thing with Starbucks baked goods, where I always find 
they never taste quite as good as what I want them to. I don't actually order them hardly any ever. I don't think probably ever anymore because I've noticed this is, so my brain would be like, that looks good. It should taste really good. That could be a nice treat. And then I would buy it and I'd eat it and it wouldn't match up. (laughs) Never tasted the way my mind thought it should. But here's the thing. What happened is I would continue to eat it and finish it because of the thought of how it probably should be tasting. And it's kind of this weird thinking it when you're in this situation of maybe the next bite will be the one that tastes like that. Maybe the next one at some point has got to taste the way you think it should. That's just an example of how the foods that we really are attracted to and we tend to overeat on, a good portion of why that's happening is our anticipatory thoughts about what that food means, what that food might be like, what our memories of that food were years ago. And a lot of that thinking then influences how it feels. So let's say, use my wagon wheel example. If I back then had an opportunity to eat a wagon wheel or an opportunity to eat an apple, the collection of thoughts I would have had would be the apple is something I can always have. It's never been very special in my life. This wagon wheel It's been like hard to get in my life. And it was amazing when I was a kid. It was something I enjoyed so much and I couldn't eat. The collection of thoughts about those two foods are going to create that internal tug of war. So I know lots of you guys have this where it feels like your brain's going back and forth. Should I eat it or shouldn't? I shouldn't eat it, but I really want it. It's the thoughts about the food that are creating that. It's nothing to do with the actual food. It's your thoughts about the food. So in this setting, in the apple versus the wagon wheel, what would happen with that is it would be a big struggle. Apple, and I really want this, but I don't get it very often. (laughs) It'd be the back and forth. And what ultimately probably would have happened is I'd end up eating the wagon wheel because it would have felt so compelling. And the big piece I want you to take away from today is it wasn't compelling because of the wagon wheel. The wagon wheel was crap. I'd eat them and not even like them. It wasn't the wagon wheel. It was the thoughts about the wagon wheel. So if we want to change our experience of how it feels to make food decisions, we don't have to change the food. I didn't have to, I probably tried this a lot when for years is the salad piece, like I said, was so hard to make the decision to eat a salad because I felt like I was just totally losing out on life if I was making a, ordering a salad. And so probably for a lot of years, I just avoided eating salads and I tried to eat other things to help me lose weight. What ultimately happened is the salads didn't really change. It was, I just had to change what I was thinking about the salads. I had to change what I was noticing about the salads. And as long as I was holding a belief of, well, that's not going to be very good. Of course, it wasn't going to be very good. Of course, it wasn't going to feel good to order the salad. What I've trained myself to do is change the thoughts about the salad of like, that sounds like a really good salad. That dressing sounds like it'd be really tasty. Thoughts like this create desire for the healthy food. If you kind of take any of the thoughts that you have about the unhealthy food that you're wanting to move away from and look at them and go, how can I apply these thoughts to build desire for the healthy food, the healthy options that are going to help me lose weight? That's going to really shift the balance of your food decisions. Other pieces about what changes your experience of your food decisions are not just about the food, the thoughts about our food, but the thoughts about what that decision means. So often we can have thoughts that if I say no to this food and I stick to my diet plans, 
I'm using diet plans because that's how we often think about it when we're trying to lose weight. Though I don't think you should ever be on a diet. I think you should customize how you eat so it works for your body. And I teach you to do that in my coaching programs. But if we think, I'm going to eat the healthy food and say no to this other food, what our brain often makes it mean is, and then I will never, ever, 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 ever be allowed to eat the unhealthy food again. Because if I'm sticking to my plan, I'm going to be perfect. And that's the only way I'm going to be successful. So that one food decision, our brain adds a whole lot of layers to it. Instead of like in this moment, I'm deciding, am I going to eat something healthy or less healthy? It's like for the rest of my life, (laughs) am I committing to eating healthy or unhealthy? And if I eat healthy, it means I can never, ever touch the other stuff again. This is what our brains do because they like the black and white. So it's this collection of thoughts that makes this one food decision feel like it means so much more. It feels higher stakes. And so that's another place where you can dial it down and be like, what if it was just this decision? What if my decision right now on whether I ate something healthy or less healthy has no impact on future decisions? And at any time I can make that decision, do I eat something healthy or less healthy? Do I eat less or do I eat more? That these decisions could always be made in the moment and one decision doesn't have to predict the rest. I find this to be really, really helpful because if I say no to something like French fries, if I think I'm never going to be able to eat French fries again, guess what? I'm not saying no to it. I like French fries. (laughs) I just don't eat them very often anymore. But if I can say to myself, right now in this moment, do I really want them or can I leave that decision for another time? I'm far more likely to just choose the healthy food because the experience of that decision feels so much calmer when making this one decision doesn't have to like set me up for a lifetime of no French fries. Okay. So things that change our feeling, our experience of our food decisions, one is our thoughts about the actual food, anticipatory thoughts, what it's meant in our past, what it might mean in our future scarcity about how hard it can be to get all of those thoughts about the food are what create the experience of whether or not you desire the food and whether or not it feels hard to say yes or no to a food. And then the collection of thoughts we have of what that food decision might mean influences your experience. There's lots of other places where your thoughts about the food decision influence experience. Like If you have thoughts about your last food decisions and what you're making them mean, such as if you, your last food decisions were you eating less healthy food or overeating, or if your last food decisions were you had a binge eating. In this moment, you may bring that forward and mean, well, I'm already failing, but I should try to eat healthy. Well, that's going to be hard to do. It's not going to feel comfortable. We have to shift how we're thinking and what we're making the previous eating mean to make this food decision feel as simple as possible. Other thoughts are what's gone on in our life that's non-food related. That can impact how it feels to make a food decision. So for example, today was a little bit of a tougher afternoon for me. And I just had a heaviness in my chest. And I contemplated going through a drive-thru on my way home. I had to get home to coach and my brain was like, you know what, you got a narrow window It's been a bit of a crappy afternoon. You're feeling a bit down. Like, let's just take a break. This is a classic conversation my brain would have, which can create anticipation. So that set of thoughts of what that, like going through a drive-thru might mean, creates anticipation. What I ended up doing is just noticing 
okay, this set of thoughts is driving desire for going through the drive-through. Is that actually what I want? And I shifted the view from that point, my brain was telling me just the moment of eating would feel so good and feel so much better than what I was currently feeling. And it was saying, it's okay, it's worth it, just this time. And as I was driving and got to the point where I had to choose, was I going to go straight and go hit a drive-through or was I going to turn and head home? What I was contemplating is, okay, brain, you're telling me that the fries are going to fix this, are going to help this heaviness in my chest. Is that true? What's it going to be like afterwards? Is it actually going to fix what you're talking about? And I think this is a really important conversation because if you believe the piece that your brain's telling you that the food is going to make it better, that's going to really influence your experience of making the food decision. So I could have told myself, no, I'm not doing a drive through I'm not, I can't, I'm not allowed. That would have created a lot of struggle and strife. And honestly, on a day like this afternoon, I might not have done it because I had used a lot of my mental energy already and I wasn't feeling my best. So if the experience of the decision had been difficult, I probably wouldn't have made the decision in the path that I did. Instead, what I did was I questioned the logic that my brain was offering. And I think this can be really powerful in making your food decisions too, is I said, okay, so you're telling me that it's going to feel really good to go through that drive through and that this feeling in my chest is going to feel better. And then I just questioned it. Is that true? What am I going to feel like when I'm actually driving home after going through that drive through And I've done this enough. I've paid attention enough. Part of your weight loss journey is really just gathering data about yourself. I've believed it enough over the years and I've done it that I know driving home, I'm going to feel the same. That heaviness is going to be there plus then heaviness in my stomach because I wasn't actually hungry. Plus a little bit of like, oh, now I have to kind of recover from eating those fries. I didn't have integrity with what I try to do for my body. That heaviness is there too. So that's another tool to shift the experience of your food decisions is when your brain is really compelling you in one direction, look at the logic it's using and question it. Is it actually true? Is it logic that you want to believe? Or do you want to believe a different set of thoughts? The thought I used today when I took the turn to head to home was, I think I'll just, today's one of these days where I'm going to have a heavy chest. And that's normal, guys. The food doesn't get rid of that. It's a big skill that we all need to work on is some days are just days where we have anxiety. Some days are days where we feel irritable. Some days are days where we have a heaviness in our chest. And that's all normal. That's part of the human experience. And it's okay. And you can continue and do everything you need to do while carrying that emotion with you. You don't have to try to move away from it. But we've been taught for so long to just get away from that emotion, shove it down, move on, instead of just walking, letting it walk along beside you like a friend. Be like, all right, let's go. (laughs) we're heading home chest heaviness all right so I hope that that's been helpful I think the biggest thing I would hope that you take away from today's session is how you experience your food decisions is up to you you have an enormous amount of power and the place where you wield it is on how you're thinking about the food decisions and it's both sides it's how you're thinking about the foods you're saying yes to or you want to say yes to more. And it's how you're thinking about the foods that you're choosing to say no to, or the foods that you feel really drawn to. 
both sides of those equations. It's, it's when you work on your thoughts on both sides that you start to get much more ease in your food decisions. You don't have to have that internal tug of war anymore. You don't have to feel like you're wrestling your cravings to the ground to try to get control over them. You can have a craving and still choose to eat healthy food when you use these tools. All right. I would love to hear from you. Send me an email, info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. If you're ready to thrive in your life while losing weight, while finding freedom around food, then head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash thrive and get your name on that list. And then if you loved this podcast episode, if you found it really, really helpful, share it, please. Share it with another physician who would benefit from it. Leave a review that helps other physicians find it. Share the episode on your social media or just say, hey, you might like this. Okay, it helps the podcast get out to help other physicians who are struggling. And guess what? There are a lot of physicians who are struggling with this stuff secretively, not wanting to talk about it. Probably some of your good friends are. And so if you can find a way to just share this with them, you're probably going to help them. Have a fantastic week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.